0: our time in worship where we give ourselves to the words of scripture. We are committed as a people to living by the words of God. They're beautiful. They're true. They're active and alive. If you allow them to, they can change and shape and mold you. And that's what we seek to do in our time together when a pastor stands and preaches. Our very big aim in this pulpit this month is to work very hard to make sure that nobody in this church, in this room, goes throughout Christmas without believing this to be true right here, that Jesus is for your joy. That Jesus is for your joy. If there was any real joy available outside of Christ, we just north of Bostonians should be the happiest people in the world if that joy was possible outside of Christ. We are healthy. We are super well-educated. We are physically fit. We've got tons of discretionary income. Now, you may not think so, but compared to billions of people on this planet, you do. And you've got time to enjoy it Our streets, for most of us, are basically safe. We've got a Starbucks and a Whole Foods and Turner's just on Main Street in this one city. We've had Belichick and Brady for 15 straight years. (laughs) We should have joy. And yet, if you pay attention, you notice our neighbors are on a frantic search for joy. Have you noticed this living around here? Where do we look for joy, something to raise my spirits and give me a smile? You could give me the list of things. There's fitness. How many gyms are there within three miles of this building? It is unbelievable. Super fitness, planet fitness, LA fitness, CEO fitness, anytime fitness. There's three YMCAs within three miles of this building. There's something called pumps. Do you know about this? Fitness together. Fitness, what is it? Women together for fitness? It's unbelievable. Just within the distance of this space, how we think. If I can get this thing fit, I will have joy. How about food? How about sex? How about travel and adventure? It's a whole new industry. You can get joy if you can just travel and take adventures more. How about your pets? How about your homes being in perfect order? How about tidiness? You know what one of the most uh, popular books at the Melrose Library is right now? you got to wait to even get your hands on it. I'll read you the title. The magical, the life-changing magic of tidying up. The life changing magic of tidying up. We actually read books like that because we think that's where I will finally find joy if the space around me can just get neat. Okay, what's the problem here? The problem is that we Bostonians take good things, good things. That whole list that I just walked through are good things. They do bring a measure of joy. True? A good meal brings a measure of joy. Being in better shape brings a measure of joy. If you're a neat freak like me, your, your space where you work, being put together, lifts your spirits a little bit. We take these good things and we try to make them ultimate things and we put on them a weight that they cannot bear, that they cannot bear. They can't handle that weight. The good news of the gospel is that there is a different kind of joy. A divine joy, an eternal joy, a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory, joy. We call it gospel joy. It is a joy that can handle all the weight of what life brings to us. And here's the beautiful thing about that joy. Jesus wants you to have that joy. Jesus came so that you might have that joy. Jesus is for your joy. I don't know when this happened in American culture, but it has happened. This lie has been perpetrated that a God-centered and gospel-driven life of obedience to the commands of Jesus is a bore, is a chore, is a form of religious torture, is a sacrifice of joy. I was talking with a a kid in the life of this church once about baptism, and in a very honest conversation, he said to me, I'm just not ready to go there yet. And what he ended up saying over about 15 minutes of conversation was basically, look, I've got a lot of life to live before I really go all in with Jesus. There's a lot of life to live before that point. And I take baptism super seriously. And I know that if I get baptized, that means all that enjoyment is going to go away. So I'm I'm just not there yet. All right, what was the lie that he was believing that I tried to gospel him through? The lie was that Jesus wasn't really for his enjoyment. Or for his joy. That there was some joy that was out there that was unattached to Jesus that was worth living for. That's not true. No one in the universe is more for your joy than Jesus. And no one and nothing in the universe can come through on the promise of joy for you like Jesus jesus that's gospel truth now if that is all true what is the one emotion the one vibe the one feel the one sentiment that should be all over the stories of the birth of jesus of the arrival of jesus it's joy it's joy. So our big aim December is to go to the scriptures and to not miss in these words or in your soul, in your soul, in your soul, to not miss that joy is supposed to attend the celebration, the observance of Christmas. All right, let's pray and we'll go see that together. Jesus, overwhelm us with your joy. You want it for us. For us to get there, though, there needs to be a deep-seated repentance and belief in this room. So I pray that you would visit us with that, too, that we might begin to be the most raucous and wild and thrilled and happy and blessed community in this city. Hear my prayer. Begin answering it today. Answer it all month for us. Amen. All right. Low battery. Sorry about that. All right, what is the language of sorrow? What does it sound like when someone has great sorrow in their soul? What do we do when we're down? We groan, we sigh, we wail. If it was Josh up on the electric guitar, what kind of music would it be? It would be which chords? Yes. D minor. All right. I was just going to say minor chords, but there's a real sad chord. It's D minor. If it was music, what kind of music would it be? It would be country music. (laughs) Not the country music where they rap, the real country music where your dog died and your car broke down and your girlfriend left you and your hair fell out. If it was singing a choir, what would we sing? It would be a lament. A lament. All over the pages of Scripture, you will hear those words. You will find that language. Those are true emotions, and we get to express them as Jesus' people in many ways. There is a language of sorrow. What is the language of joy when someone's up and they're happy and they're flying or they're Suzanne and they're just, it's a good day and I've got energy? What's that language? What's that sound like? We chuckle, we giggle, we hum. Is hum the sound of happiness? Ever seen anybody eating like six Krispy Kreme donuts all by themselves? <laughs> they were humming, weren't they? <laughs> Next one, they go down in like two seconds, but you hum when there's joy. Uh, you whistle. If it was music, what kind of music would it be? It would be Who? It would be, Farrell, clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Is that the weirdest, lamest lyric ever? But the song is upbeat and happy, right? We sing. I can see clearly now that the rain is gone. Johnny Nash? No? Okay. You, You sing. This is the major chords on the guitar. That's the sound of joy. What is the language of super joy? What is the language, not just of a good day, but the best day ever? What is the language of, I've been waiting for something, I've been longing for something, I've been hoping for something, and it has happened? Anticipation fulfilled. What is the language of that kind of joy? What is it? It's not just humming or chuckling. It is what? It is a shout. It is is a roar. It is high decibels. The word for that is this, exclamation. Exclamation points. Exclamation is the language of super joy. Okay, you know the illustrations, right? Anybody ever get into the college you were hoping to get into? In my day, they would send you a letter. Nowadays, I'm assuming they send you an email. What happens when you read those words? There's a shout in that living room. Ever been hoping that you were going to be asked to be married, and there he is with that ring? What is your decibel level for like a month and a half after that? It is exclamation. You ever seen a grandparent who hears about the conception of their first grandchild? saw this cool YouTube video. This daughter was telling her mom that she was pregnant with her baby. She took a bun, physical bun, she put it in the physical oven and then her husband videotaped it and she said, Mom, will you grab the something out of the enchiladas or whatever out of the oven? And the mom goes over, she opens it, she takes it out and she goes, Why is there a bun in the oven? And then there's an epiphany on her face and she broke YouTube, right? Like the volume just snapped. Have you ever, ever seen little kids when they're waiting for their guests to arrive? They're pacing the house, then they finally see them coming up the road and what do they do? Little kids can shriek, right? They're here. I've been waiting and now they have gotten here and the house gets very loud. That is the language of super joy and what I need you to see for this month And all the other Decembers that Jesus may give you on earth is that exclamation is the language of Christmas. That is the language of Christmas. Not wailing or lament, not even chuckling and humbling and whistling. It is shouting. It is a roar of joy. The clearest example that you have in your Bible of this is Elizabeth. We're going to look at her story together today. Here's what the Bible says is true about this mother in the faith. They, that's Zechariah and Elizabeth, husband and wife, they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both of them were advanced in years. All right, so here's Liz. She's a holy woman loved God with all that she had, whatever the Lord required of her, Liz was all in. Up to this point in her life, becoming a mom has been withheld from her by the Lord. So I need you to feel the sorrow in this woman's story. Every holy woman ever would love to become a mom. Children are so near to the heart of God and so central to the promises of God. Motherhood is a wild, awesome blessing. Even more so, every young Jewish girl in Liz's day would have been not only thinking, maybe I'll become a mom, but would have been thinking, maybe I'll have a son, and maybe, I mean this is deep down in their soul, Maybe my son could be God's Messiah. And so her to not being able to conceive a child at all, and some of us have gone through this sorrow month after month after month after year after year after year, and then coming to the realization, you know what, this this doesn't look like it's going to happen. This is where they were at. And yet, despite that sorrow and the suffering that attended it, it, Liz is not angry with God. She is not petulant with God. She is not shaking her fists at God. She has not bailed out on God and said, you have not done this thing for me and so I'm done with you. The opposite is true. She's drawn even closer to God. He is her rock and her redeemer and her joy and the center of her hope. So her and her husband continue to serve God and his people. Maybe she's begun to give up on the idea of having a child herself. She's not given up on the idea that God will send a Messiah. This is Liz. All right, then out of absolutely nowhere, the Lord sends an angel to appear to her husband and he tells him, Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a son. You're going to call him John. He's going to run before the Christ. Zechariah comes home and gives her the news, and then we read this. Elizabeth conceived. (laughs) And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. All right, so John tells her what's going to happen. They make love. She gets pregnant. And what does she do right away? She calls Christine and asks if she can use the cabin up in the woods in New Hampshire in February. She heads for the hills where nobody is around. She withdraws to hide out. Why does she do this? who's going to believe that Liz is having a baby without a baby bump to show the evidence? They would just laugh in her face and say, please, you're pregnant? I don't think so. So she retreats. She's waiting for the belly to show and grow. She's the happiest hidden person in the history of the hills of New Hampshire right here. She is chuckling, she is giggling, she is singing, she is humming, she is pounding Krispy Kremes and Ben and Jerry's. She's thrown up, she's gaining weight, and she is thrilled with all of it. You can hear it in her words. There's joy here. My reproach is gone. The Lord has visited me in His grace. Meanwhile, her cousin Mary, who's much younger and not married yet, finds out through the angel of God that she is going to have a child, only there will be no husband involved and this child will be the Christ. And in giving this news to Mary, the angel says, and here's a sign for you that the Lord's going to do this. Your cousin Elizabeth, who was way past the age of conception, she too is carrying a child. Because nothing will be impossible with God. All right, so what does Mary do? Mary does exactly what you would do. She hustles to the cabin to see for herself. That's where we pick up our text. Allison read that in those days, Mary arose and she went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah and she entered the house of Zechariah and she greeted Elizabeth. Went with haste means that she was hustling, getting there as fast as she could. She had her Waze app on her iPhone. She was avoiding all the traffic on the roads to the hills. She, her mind is racing. She's memorized the words of this angel. She's still trying to digest what in the world is going on. But she knows that she wants to celebrate with and, and take a look at Elizabeth's belly and see if, see if this is all really going down. So Mary hustles up here, 60 to 100 miles she travels. Liz has no idea that she's coming. Mary knocks on the door and she says, Liz, Liz, it's, it's me, Mary, your cousin. Liz. And then we read this. When Elizabeth heard this greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Verse 44 will be explicit, for joy. Joy. There's a whole sermon in here about how life begins at conception, and how the Lord is involved with us, even from our mom and dad coming together in that way. Inside of Liz is John. He's the one who's going to go before Jesus, the greatest prophet of the older covenant. And John's got a sixth sense, or we'll call it a spirit sense, because he had the Holy Spirit in a unique way from his conception. He hears Mary's voice in there and he knows that's the mother of my Lord. He spins for joy. That's his way of exclaiming. He can't shout yet, so he spins for joy. Liz feels it. You moms have been there before, right? Six, seven, eight months in, there's some space in there and your little one is just elbowing things around and and she feels the elbow jerk right into her stomach vertically, a leap, some kind of a 360. And here's what she says, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry. There it is, exclamation. That's the language of super joy. That's what attends the Christmas stories. Two words here, if you Read it in the Greek, not just one word, two words. Mega krauge, or however you pronounce that. Not just a shout, but a mega shout. So we would say wicked loud shout. That's what this is right here. She shook that house. She got loud with joy. And then she makes three statements. Three statements about joy. She uses the word blessed three times. Whenever you see that word blessed in Scripture, you know that it means filled with joy, favored, as happy as can possibly be. Her son spins for joy. She shouts for joy. And now, through the Holy Spirit, she gives us the content of, the ground for this kind of super joy. Here's the first blessed. Blessed are you among women filled with joy like no other woman. Joy is up on you, Mary, more than any other woman has ever had. Is that a big joy statement right there? All the women out there, all the billions of reasons that they have had to rejoice, billions of reasons, not one has ever had more cause for more joy than this woman Liz, this woman Mary right here. Not the most super fit woman going, although there is joy there. Not the most gluten-free, sugar-free, meat-free, super healthy woman. You can get some joy there. Not the perfect house, everything in its perfect place. I clap and the lights go on. I clap three times and my laundry gets done, woman, because she would... Have great joy, super joy. Not the magically tidy woman who wrote the magical tidy book. Not the woman anywhere ever for any reason has ever had any joy like this joy right here. Whoa. Should we pause right here? If this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Liz, whatever triggers that kind of blessedness, Whatever triggers that kind of joy, I want it. I want it. Joy greater than any joy has been experienced. That's what's going on at Christmas. right, then she gives us two grounds for this joy. The first ground of Mary's joy is physical and biological and beautiful. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Don't miss the parallelism between these two blessings. Don't forget in Hebrew, in Scripture, the the back end of parallel sayings. The second one amplifies, specifies, clarifies the first. Blessed are you among any woman that has ever and ever will live, And blessed, there's that joy word, is the fruit of your womb. Everybody feel this? What is she saying? You are mad blessed because you've got Jesus inside of you. In other words, Mary's proximity to Jesus, explosion of joy. The closer you get to Jesus, the more joy that is there for you. And for Mary... It was unmatched closeness. All motherhood ever points to this motherhood right here. The promise given to Eve in the garden that your seed, your son, will make all things new and all things right. Every mother who experiences motherhood, it's an echo of this motherhood right here the Son of God, the incarnation in utero. Huge joy to be Jesus' physical, biological mom. What a gift. What grace. Feel that. But the Holy Spirit doesn't stop short there. Liz doesn't stop short there. There. She gives another reason, a second ground for Mary's blessedness, for Mary's super joy. And she says this, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Does everybody feel this? There is something more than physical, biological going on in this scripture. There is a spiritual, soul, faith thing going on. Mary is blessed, super blessed. Not merely because she conceived, but because she believed. old dead guy says it like this, by commending Mary's faith, Scripture informs us generally in what the true happiness of men and women consists. Mary was blessed, there's that word, because she embraced in her heart the promise of God. What was Mary believing that brought such joy? Well, for one thing, she was believing that she would actually conceive and bear a son without having sexual relations with Joseph or anyone else, believing that a miracle was happening inside of her by the grace of God. But she wasn't just believing that the baby would be born. She was believing that the baby would be what Gabriel said he would be. She was believing that this son would be great, that this son would be the son of the Most High, that this son would be given to him by the Lord, the throne of his father David, that this son would reign over the house of Judah forever, that this son would have a kingdom that would never end. Mary believed every word of it. What's a simpler way to say that? Mary believed the gospel. She took God at his word, she acted in obedience, and that was the ground of her super joy. Can you see how that verse right there changes everything, everything, everything about Christmas for every single one of us? Super joy in this story is not limited to a few people back then and like in a real way limited to Mary this super exclamatory joy is available to us right now now none of us of course will ever experience the joy of carrying Christ inside of us one time assignment but all of us can experience the super joy of believing in Jesus. When Jesus would walk the streets of Galilee a few years into his ministry, he became like Justin Bieber popular. You know what that is? Just like anywhere he went, all the paparazzi were around. Everybody wanted at Jesus. Some people just wanted to touch him. Some people just wanted to hear what he had to say. Some people would run up to him and yell crazy stuff in his face. Okay. I don't know if there's any celebrities in this room, but that would be weird. And Jesus' disciples were like crowd control. But there's all these quick snippets of stories of Jesus doing his thing and being interrogated, yelled at, tackled, touched by people. One day, a woman sprinted up to him and just yelled in his face these words. Blessed, there's that word again, super joy. Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. (laughs) That would be interesting if somebody, you know, ran in here and just yelled that in my face. (laughs) She's right over there. I don't know. Ask her. That was a while ago. (laughs) All right, so Jesus gets this yelled in his face. Is this a true statement? Yes. Would Liz completely have agreed with this and gone, Why don't you back up a little and stop yelling in Jesus' face? But that's true. That is a true statement. Mary was blessed because of the fruit of her womb. What grace, what grace to bear and carry and nurse and discipline and teach and read to and love on for Christ. What an honor was given to Mary. Super joy. No doubt about it. Okay, but how does Jesus answer this woman? How does Jesus answer her? Here's how he responded with these words. But Jesus said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In other words, that's true about my mom being blessed. But don't miss that there is a deeper joy than even being my mom. There is big joy in having Christ in the womb. There is even bigger joy in having Christ in your heart. There was huge joy in holding the Son of God in her arms. But there is even bigger joy in holding fast to Christ for your salvation. There was big joy in conceiving and bearing Jesus. But there is even deeper and bigger and better joy in receiving and believing in Jesus. Did Liz have that joy? She did. Remember her words? Why would it be granted to me that the mother of my Lord would come and hang out in my living room? That's a confession of faith. In Jesus, looking forward to him becoming her Lord. Did Mary have this second kind of blessedness? I mean, totally, right? What were her words when the gospel was announced to her? Let it be done to me according to your word. She was all in. Who was at the first church services in the book of Acts, worshiping Jesus? Mary was there. She had this kind of joy and you can have that kind of joy as well you can have it it's offered to you all right so here's our question to end where are you finding your joy this christmas where are you finding your joy this christmas is it in believing the gospel Is that the bottom of your joy? I know you guys, almost every one of you by name individually. I know how hard it is for you to have joy. Sometimes I'm hanging out with the 20-year-olds in this church. It's hard to have joy at that space. You're not sure who you're going to be. You're not sure what you're going to do. You're still figuring out your stage of life. What do I study? Who did I just get married to? Fighting hard for joy, that's rugged. Some of you are a step further than that in the life of our church, and you are just plain spent and exhausted trying to survive until bedtime, and it is rugged to find joy. Some of us are beyond those seasons, and we're having to come to grips with, this is my life, this is my lot, this is who I am and who I've got very easy to lose super joy in that season of life. I know how difficult it is to have joy, exhaustion, worry, discontent. All I want to do with these words of Scripture is call you back to the simplicity of the gospel. There is blessedness beyond belief, joy unspeakable and full of glory for anyone who would believe Jesus. Would you make that the ground of your celebration of Christmas this year? And then would you go live with wild joy? For the next 20 days, you should be living like the Son of God is about to show, to live for you and die for you and rise for you and ascend for you and be for you and for your joy forever. You think there should be some smiles in the life of a Christian church around Christmas? You think we might should drink some eggnog, maybe some wine, eat some roast beef? Think we should wrap some presents? You think there should be some high decibels and some major chords? Let's be that people together. All right, let's pray. Father, the world is against our joy got all these counterfeits for us that leave us empty. Our flesh is against our joy. It is so deceived in thinking that there's enjoyment outside of Jesus. And the devil lives and breathes to rob us of our joy. But you are greater than all three, and you have come that we might have joy and joy abundant. I pray that you would move our hearts to believe and that in that believing we might actually stumble upon the greatest treasure, the awesomest pearl, the best news, God with us, Christ in our hearts. Teach us to pursue blessedness where we can find it, where you promise it is, with faith and obedience to your Son. Hear my prayer and lift our spirits, I pray. Amen. Amen.